Hey everybody, welcome to episode two of Cocktails and Complaints. Um, so we're going to do something a little bit different this episode. Excuse me while I punch the mic because I'm already two drinks in. It just happened. <laughs> <laughs> so last week's episode saw me in my car just drunkenly ranting with my mom about stupid shit. But then I was thinking afterwards, afterwards meaning the next morning when I wasn't losing my shit, <laughs> I'm kind of on to something. I feel like <clears throat> I feel like everything now, no matter what it is, manages to become super political, super tribal, and I feel like much like I did last week, I feel like people are looking for some place to just kind of come anonymously and just kind of vent about stupid shit without being scared of, you know, I don't know, death threats on Twitter? I feel like that's legitimate. Um, <laughs> I feel like people don't want to get threatened with their lives about, you know, venting about, you know, just stupid shit. And um, so what we're going to do each week, I'm going to have on an anonymous guest. You won't know their political affiliation, their race, unless, unless they say some stupid shit, which I mean, kind of you, lets you it... might know my race because yeah. my name is not. <laughs> you're you're going to figure it out. <laughs> And you might know mine because I put mayonnaise on everything. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what we're going to do, I was trying to come up because I still want to remain, remain anonymous. I'm, I'm, girl, I got a kid. I got a family to feed. I can't be having people on my doorstep. I'm <laughs> Threatening me with shit. So I wanted to come up with an alias myself. And everything I came up with just sounded super bland and annoying. So I... Um, was thinking, okay, what, if I had an alter ego, who would she be? And I kept coming up with like this roller derby type chick with blue hair. Because <laughs> they're so confident and they're so bad. As most mothers would, obviously. As, as a mother would. <laughs> Nightline is just someone I could punch. Because I can't punch my kid. I, you know, would go to the rink Please and don't. punch them. Yeah. So I Googled, I mean, the best part of a roller derby chick is the name, right? So I Googled uh, roller derby name ideas. And the first thing that popped up was a BuzzFeed quiz. And I mean, are you someone unless you take a BuzzFeed quiz? I think the last one I took was, uh, what kind of taco are you? <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Guys, spoiler alert, I'm white. <laughs> <laughs> So I I took this roller derby BuzzFeed quiz name, and the name that it came back with was Mary Queen of Knots, which I kind of feel like is perfect for me. And actually, no, like no shit, like it's it actually is perfect for you. So for once, the BuzzFeed bullshit quiz actually got it right. <laughs> kind of worked out pretty, and I feel like it's good for the podcast too, because we're kind of just sitting here talking shit, taking the piss out of life, and I mean. It works. So, guys, I'm your host. I'm Mary Queen of Docs. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to be anonymous. My guest is going to be anonymous. They're going to have an alias as well. And each week they're going to file their complaints with me. But the caveat is nothing political. Everything fucking turns political. I just want to have fun and talk some shit and tell some jokes. I mean... I think that's the human experience is to kind of joke, to kind of get away from stuff. And Amen. yeah, Amen. I feel like it should work. And so here's the drawback though. 
if you say something political, you have to take a shot. And the end goal is not to have alcohol poisoning by the end of the podcast the episode. The end goal is I don't kill all of my guests before <laughs> the end of the show. So true. So, guys, I would like to turn this over to my guest, who just happens to be my best friend. Uh, um, so, would you like to introduce yourself? It's a me! Okay, oh, this is awkward already. All right, well, um, my 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 race is given away in my name because I'm not creative. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to call myself Countess Blackula. So guys, yes. I'm black. I don't Sorry know, about it. I don't know Wesley Snipes. I don't know why he comes to mind when you say Countess Blackula, but he just does. I don't either because <laughs> you know me. I'm not anonymous to you. So yeah. if that's the first thing that comes to mind... <laughs> Jesus, Jesus. So care about me. <laughs> All okay, right. Disclaimer about my name. So I actually did go on BuzzFeed and try to like find my roller derby name. And they kept coming up with this like pussy little Miss Savage. And I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Little Miss Savage? <laughs> this is a bullshit name. That's like, a person who's on the bench. That's not anybody who's exactly. on the actual rink. That, that bitch is hitting no one. So I'm like, That bitch cleans me. Mary Queen of Knox's towels. So. Oh, I wish a bitch would. <laughs> I wish so. a bitch would. <laughs> so Countess Blackula, I'm still anonymous. If you can, I don't know, look at the 300 million people in the United States and just like look at the hundred black people you'll figure me out it's whatever so so that's my name um so countess blackula welcome welcome to cocktails and complaints indeed i always wanted to be royal and now i am my god you are you are you're the the guest of honor the first official episode so i had my first episode last week but i don't consider that my first official episode because a i was in my car talking shit with my mom (laughs) on the drink like I had a drop of the pure and then I was just like yeah fuck kids so (laughs) this week I I listened back to the episode and I just god the audio quality was just hot garbage so I guys I upgraded to a mic an actual mic for you I'm recording oh also if the call drops or it gets shoddy don't read me for filth okay it's recording over Skype I already (laughs) told you I already told you last week I don't know fucking friends here so just live with it okay yeah the, the the trolls will be there you'll be fine it'll be fine yeah i don't give a shit like my kid already reads me for filth there's not anything <laughs> anybody else could say that could be- my husband came home from work and he works like a big boy job long hours he comes home at 7 30 the other night he's like oh my god i missed you and our daughter just kind of looks over and goes noted <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, she did not. Noted. That's what she said. I love her so much. She's almost five, looked over her shoulder like a fucking G and said, noted. (laughs) Oh my God, she is so your child. She is, though. That's you. She doesn't give a fuck, so. All right, well, Countess Blackula, welcome to to Cocktails (laughs) and Complaints, or as my sloppy listeners would know it as, Burpin' and Bitchin'. I'm still loving that name. That, that, that's really? sticking for me. I don't know why. I don't know why. Is it because I like, but for some reason, like, I'm feeling it. Is it because I actually burped on the episode? <laughs> I mean, yes, that, that's what that's what gets me as a consumer. <laughs> it's, it's a realism <laughs> beyond the title. So bad. All right, well, Countess Blackula, would you like to file a complaint? Oh, my God, so many. Um, as I told you before you started recording this, I had, apparently I am a really angry person because I had a very long list of complaints. I had to actually like kind of dial down for this one, but 
I will first talk about, um, just so you guys know, I got engaged like two weeks ago. Yay! Shot! I did. Shot! That's political. I'll take one anyway. It's fine. Shot! Um, so I did get engaged. And I'm extremely happy. Like, it's, it's, the, it's a real time in my life ever. Uh, just because, like, I was a person I'm totally in future with all that good bullshit Judy Bloom stuff. Um, but my favorite thing, and my favorite, I mean, I hate it so much. My favorite thing in the entire world is the instant I told people that I was engaged, they were like, oh my God, when's the date? And I'm what? like, my nigga, my- it was literally <laughs> two hours ago. I two think, hours wait a minute. Ago. So wait, backpedal. Are those white people asking you that question? Because typically it's already planned by the time they get engaged. Like, I've had sweaters <laughs> longer than most people are together before they get engaged. And those people are usually white. And they're like, I'm engaged. It's in six months. <laughs> I can't. No, they're not. They're every people. They're my mother. They're people at work. They're, it, it's, I don't know if it's like a reactive thing. Like when, oh my God, I got engaged when's the date? I don't know if people like were pulled aside in school and they learned this, like <laughs> the first thing you ask somebody, but it's just like, gee, uh, mm, it just happened. Like, Do you think I it's because of our age? Do you think it's because we're almost 30 people automatically assume like we would just kind of have this thing already like, yeah, no, it's next week. Done. Here's the save the date. First of all, bitch, I'm still in my 20s. I'm a 20-something for another two months. Don't I call me 30 yet. I said almost 30. I said almost 30. God. Let me, let me claim my 20s. And second of all, yes. Especially, I mean, second spoiler alert. I mean, your mom spoiled it, but I'm in Texas. You're in California, but I am in Texas. I don't know if it's just, like, the mating rituals of the southern people. They, like... They're like penguins. They mate for life until they figure out something at 50 and then decide to divorce and marry again. You but, know what? That's a good point. Because when I moved yeah, out here, even, like, yeah. these bitches don't get married until they're like 45, 50. I would take yeah. my kid to play dates when that when I was still trying to, like, get along with people and I gave a shit. <laughs> I would go to these play dates with people on, like, I don't know. Where did I find this? Like, meetup.com or something like that. But it was, like, mommy and me play dates. And I would go there. And these are women that are, like, my mom's age. And my mom's, like, what, 53, 54? Uh I mean, in the South, you just kind of, it's the thing to get married young, have your kids young. And then once they're out of the house, you still have all these years to play and be Mm -hmm. relatively younger. But I would go to these play dates, and they're like, oh, my God, who do you nanny for? I'm like, bitch, my kid. That's me. This is my kid. Yeah, if you if you're married with a kid like below the age of thirty, then like you are automatically either a sex slave or a child bride, something like that. <laughs> they, they they do not understand, but something about like just the South, and I love it. Like I'm not saying I'm not feel I'm not saying that like the the, the marriage complex like you know forced me to feel like I need to say yes, blah blah. That, that it's not any kind of that bullshit. But I had at least two or three people in my graduating class who were proposed to like at prom or sometime, or somehow in college. And it's just, like, I am not the same person that I was when I was, like, 22, thank God. Mm-hmm. I'm not the same person, otherwise I'd be eating Easy Mac and drinking monster drinks all the time and be dead <laughs> in, like, five years. But I am not the same person I was when I was, you know, 20 years old that I am now. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine getting married that young. It's just, it just is beyond me. So Slow I, I, I truly, down, bitch. You, know you know what age I got married at. Oh, I forgot about that. We're not going to talk about your mall wedding. <laughs> What? My mom let it. Okay, backpedal. You married a rocket scientist. It's fine. 
Yeah, you I, still, I you still win. I was gonna say I kind of hit this like unicorn leprechaun jackpot. You still win. You didn't marry like the the lead ship manager at Dunkin' Fucking Donuts. Like we get it. You're fine. <laughs> You're okay. Oh my god. She. I just. Yeah, we got together. Like it's kind of weird to think. I mean. Again, we're almost 30. It's weird to think I got together with him when I was 18. And I kind of. You did. Hit, you married your first boyfriend. I kind of hit this like unicorn jackpot with this guy that we're able to grow and mature together. I mean, we basically grown up together and it's mm-hmm. kind of worked out to where we. It's it's an ebb and flow. We I mean it, we're a team more than anything. We don't do that whole soulmate bullshit. Like yes, we're a team. He's my right leg. You know I I understand he's gonna change. I mean Jesus, he converted to Catholicism and then went back oh, the other way. Time. If we yeah, can make it time. through that, we can make it through anything. I think that's. I what... agree. <laughs> That was, that, I, I remember that shit. That was a dark time. That was some dark time. Not because it's the Catholic Again, Church. Yeah, n- just to n- clarify. yeah, nothing against Catholicism. I was raised, I was raised Catholic. And nothing against Catholicism. It was just, it was very interesting to see him go through that transition. Yeah, and to see like you go through that transition because you both, I feel like you both at that time just grew in very different ways. Yeah, and it was, it was very, it was. I think probably the best word for it is like kismet. It was when you yeah. guys like, you know, got back together and then, you know, the engagement happened and everything. It was very much like a, like he went through this. It's almost like, like as a couple, you weathered a storm yeah. and then like just the engagement after it was almost just, it was perfect. Like it's exactly what should have happened at, the, at that moment. Oh, for sure. Well, and I mean like, so yeah, we broke up for a couple months because it just, it it was, I feel like, I feel like converted Catholics are way more intense than cradle Catholics. And so, you know, his thing was at the time, we're going to raise our kids Catholic and skirt. No, we're not. (laughs) No, we're not. And then, you know, when we split up for, you know, those couple of months, I mean, it just wasn't working out. Yeah. You know, so, so yeah, it totally worked out, but yeah, no, I totally, it's a weird, it's a weird almost dichotomy to look at you know how people kind of run it in the south with marriage it's a very mm-hmm. I, i'd almost be interested to read some sort of anthropological paper on like the difference between southerners west coasters east coasters and the yanks oh yeah oh my gosh yes of how they do that so anyway yeah, so, so-, so then what do you say to people when they ask you oh my god when's the date <laughs> um and it's funny that i have to like even give this statement because it's literally it, it hasn't even been like three weeks like it's gonna be three weeks in a couple days so what i normally say is well what i first used to say was um it's gonna be april 13th of next year it's gonna be at such and such farm and blah blah, blah because it's fun to mess with people and see their faces when i <laughs> give them an exact date so um that didn't end up being as funny because people could see the sarcasm and anger in my face when they were asking me. <laughs> so I give them, you know, I'm, I'm going to be truthful. I give them the real answer. Like, you know, it just happened a few weeks ago. Um, we're just enjoying, you know, just, just getting, getting off in the glow of like, you know, recent engagement, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's just so funny because basically, honestly, when, when they ask me that question, what I hear is, so how quickly can you round up all the money you've ever had in your entire life and throw a giant party for me? Yeah. That is a, that. That's one hundred percent what I hear, and what I want to say after that is, "Bitch, I'm not Paris Hilton. I cannot just like throw this <laughs> shit together." And honestly, even if someone were to come to me like right now, knock on my door, and hand me like a 
$50,000 check and be like, do with it what you wish. I'd be like, amazing. Student loans, credit card debt, um, house payment. Let's get rid of all this stuff. My parents a house and then we're going to pay towards our house. And it would be maybe like 1% towards a wedding. Like that's, that's where I am. That's what happens. My friends, when you get engaged at 30 and not at 20, you actually, Hey, you're not 30. You're for, not 30. Yeah. You're not oh, 30. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Reeling and reeling. That's what happens when you get engaged at 29 and not at 19. You actually put that money towards things that are important and not towards a giant party for everybody else well, where you get to wear a pile of lace. Hang on. That's, let's, that's where I think. Let's even take a back step from that. That's what happens when you're 29 and don't come from money Touché. and you're a normal functioning adult. Because, I mean, God, it was the – so for our viewers, how we met was – 10 years ago. Happy decade, boo. Oh we my met God. we met 10 years ago working retail. Mm. Okay? And at this undisclosed retail location, we uh we had this boss <laughs> which will remain unnamed. What should we call her? Mona? Mona told we'll call me her that, yeah. yeah, so we'll call her Mona. Mona told me about her wedding. And they went to San Antonio and had a full mariachi and over 150 guests and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, damn, how much did that cost you? And she goes, oh, it was like $36,000. I wish a nigga would. It's just insane. Like, I don't understand. Even with my sister's wedding, like, stunning, beautiful. Everyone had a great time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The pictures were were amazing. Man, but, like, I feel like more of the focus, as far as the guests were concerned, it was on the buffet. I feel like people just kind of roll up for a free meal, which, for me, in my head, I feel like if I were to get engaged now, I would want to keep it as small as possible, knowing Mm -hmm. that, (laughs) I mean, no one gives Mm -hmm. a shit about the flower arrangements. They're only there for the meal. And so I would only want the people who give a shit about the whole spectrum of nuptials, you know. It's just kind no. of mind-boggling yeah, to me, the money yeah. that goes into it. I'm with wedding. you on that. Well, and, and even, and just for record, like, of course, I, I, I poke fun at you because your wedding was at a mall. Because it was. But it also was. We were two I mean, broke college kids. Yeah. Like, I can own up to that. We, we were just in love, and we wanted to get married. And we had had all this planning stuff. And had this venue and invites and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, God, this is just, it's so expensive. There's so many people. And so at the last minute we decided, fuck this. And we invited 14 or no, 40 of our closest family Mm -hmm. and friends. I texted them, very J-Lo of me. I said, it's at this location. It was literally next to a Mexican restaurant, which Mm -hmm. I will say the name of the restaurant. It was Mi Cocina and the good Mm -hmm. people at Mi Cocina decorate and it was so cute and they did such and, a good job yeah it, and, and and it was beautiful like it was a beautiful ceremony and yeah. a beautiful reception for as last minute as it as it was and yeah. they knew it was they did whoever was the manager at me casino at waters creek circa 2010 bent mm-hmm. over backwards to close yep. off that patio decorate the tables and we had wedding margaritas like it was the it was yeah. just perfect for us and i feel like that's what people forget what's perfect for you don't worry about Indeed. the guests. What's perfect yep. for you? Indeed, one hundred percent. And th- and that's like, like I said, like d- just for all the, the the fun that I poked to you for that, it really was a beautiful wedding, and it was very, it was very you guys. Um, it, it was still, we I mean, we were both still working at the mall at the time, <laughs> and and so it wasn't like like you know anyone had a huge budget for you know like a bachelorette or a huge wedding or or any of the bells and whistles. Mm-hmm. But like just thinking back, and to your point, like what 
works for you. Like that's kind of that what that's what works for us. Yeah. Like I can't imagine having a three hundred plus person wedding. I don't know that many Ooh. people. I talk to two people, three now that I'm engaged. I don't even talk to I don't talk to that many people at all. Like that's exactly now how I would want my wedding to be. Like you know, mm-hmm. super small, very intimate. Um, like, you know, 40 people and just in the same way you had it, like just a long table where people can just, you know, eat, just eat, eat, drink and be merry. It sounds cliche, but like really thinking about it. No, that's it. Like, like that, that's what you want because, you know, when you're, and I mean, I, I've looked online at all the wedding budgets and all that bullshit and like the, the cheapest quote I've gotten is like eight to $9,000 for a 40 person wedding ceremony. Ugh. That's insane to me. That's nuts, and I and it's it's kind of coming down to you know having to think about what you know we want as a couple and what I mm-hmm. want in my wedding. Um, I've never been, you know me. I'm pretty soulless. Mm-hmm. I don't really, I don't need the over romanticism of all the other weddings. Like I, I really want to be you know pretty intimate, pretty simple. And yeah. what's really important to me is obviously that you know my future husband is there, and that my dad walks me down the aisle and I have my first dance with my dad. That is what's important to me. Like that, that's something that if I look back in my wedding memories, you know, twenty, thirty years from now that's what I will look back fondly upon. Yeah. And so that's like my guiding light and I'm kind of going forth from there. So when people ask me when the date is, I'm, I mean, I tell them the truth. I'm like, honestly, there is no date. It's been only a few weeks. We, we really haven't thought too much about it. We're trying to, you know, get some things in order, um, really think about what we want in a wedding, but we are happy where we're at right now. Yeah. And we are. I mean, it's not like we just met. Like we've been living together for more than a year at this point. Like it's, and honestly, not that much has really changed. Like obviously the glow of the engagement happened for the first couple of weeks or so. And even, you know, now and then I'll look back at my ring and, and have, you know, those fond, those fond moment memories. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, like we're chilling right now. Like I just, well, know, and spent, I feel like, I feel like that's how you know you're doing it right. I've always said, yeah. you know, you, you see other people who get engaged or get married. They're like, oh, it changes everything. It's just, I feel like if you're doing it right, nothing should change after you get engaged yep. or after you get married. I mean, Jesus, we went home from our wedding and ate cereal in bed and played video games. Which is, to me, the most romantic thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> like... Seriously, it, it truly is like fuck pride and prejudice. Like that is like the most romantic thing I've ever heard. Yeah, Fruit Loops in bed in a studio, four hundred square foot studio apartment. We four hundred square feet of fun. <laughs> All up and down those four hundred square feet. Okay, well that your complaint has been filed. People need Indeed. to know not to ask you when the fuck the date is. And shut the fuck up. Don't let my straight hair like you know disarm you. You will. You will get. <laughs> You will get Countess Bacula if you still ask me when the fucking date is. You may have good hair, but don't ask her when that goddamn wedding is. I may have good hair, but I can still be a new if I need to be. My triggers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so then I would like to file a complaint. We're going to segue. Fucking social climbers. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. I remember, so we've only been in Southern California for like four years or something like that, which is crazy to think because it's gone by so fast but in my four years uh and especially like the last year i've come into contact with some people that just they will ghost you in a second if it means they're gonna be friends with someone who is a little more well known a little more well off blah 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 
That is so strange. Isn't it, though? I think Because so, we're not in high school anymore. That's a very high school thing. No, well, and as we mentioned, you know, women out here, when they start a family, are a little bit older because they do career first, which, no tea, no shade. If you want to do career first before you have kids, that's your prerogative. Respect that. I mean, that's cool. Um, unless that career is like, I don't know, private shoppers. I don't respect that's that, a- but I understand <laughs> Um, unless that career is like some sort of like dog primper, then no, oh, I don't respect that. Yeah. But I, but okay. Continue. Yeah, if if it's Etsy or personal shopper, I don't respect mm, you. Then you can shut the fuck up. Yeah, I know. So I was I was hanging out with this chick that I met at the women's march, the very first one when he who shall not be named was elected. <laughs> okay, yeah, Shot. no, that still yeah, counts. Yeah, no, we're not gonna, we're not going to get political. I'm not even going to say okay. his name. It's cool. When our current president was elected, he did the Women's March. Super fun. I met a ton of badass women from all sort of belief spectrums. I met some yeah. conservative women there. I met super liberal women there. There was a chick with her tits hanging out. Like, there was just everybody there. <laughs> with her tits hanging out? Damn, Brenda. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, it's Orange County. There's some, yeah, tits out. They're just tits. Yeah, support Planned Parenthood, and her tits were just out, which was cool. Like, if you're brave enough to do that, mad respect. I wish I could put my tits out, but no one wants to see, you know, my sandbags hanging down to my hips. No one wants to see that. So I I met everybody there. Really a lot of fun, a great experience, blah, blah, blah. So one of the chicks in particular, I... um, was hanging out with we had both had little girls and so that was fun but then i noticed on social media and social media ruins everything i feel like you really get into someone's soul when they just kind of post blindly to social media and it's not nine times out of ten it's not great it's not great so i I was noticing some things that she was posting and it was about celebrities or whatever. And this was on Instagram specifically. She would tag celebrities as if she was talking to them and she would go uh, see bits. At- okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know. I know. And it's pretty common for me to run into people who have a spouse that works in, as one woman put it at a play group, the industry Okay, guys, we're back after a brief cutoff. No biggie. Um, so, as I was saying, the f- the lady that first introduced me to the term the industry, she was a chick in a play date. And literally, that term could mean anything because her husband, I'm like, what do you mean the industry? She goes, well, you know, like, the movie, the entertainment industry. I'm like, oh, cool, what does your husband do? She goes, he, home- he uh, holds a boom mic for pornos. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> That's still entertainment. That to be fair, to be fair, yeah, uh, you know, as seedy as it may be, he's bringing home the paychecks. Show oh, yes. so, uh, this girl that I was hanging out with, her husband was in the entertainment industry, and I won't, I won't say in what capacity, but um, she would be on Instagram and she would tag celebrities. Okay, fine, that's a little weird, but then she went to, she went to dinner with a girlfriend, and then at. Uh, she posted a picture from that dinner and that picture said had dinner with you know so and so from this movie blah 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 and his wife he was so nice and it just all just it, it made it sound like she literally sat down at this dinner had dinner sorry burping and bitching 
Oh, hey. Had to hang, had dinner with these people <laughs> with the at the same table. But then I was kind of going, the picture seems a little weird. The picture in question was taken at table level. And what I mean by that is it you're like it looks like you're peeking up from behind a water glass and the actor is looking down at his plate cutting his food. Oh my gosh, she totally like went to the bathroom or something and then just like, just photo, just photo bombed. This person just like Man. sat at the table, but, took a picture and then ran the fuck away. So if you, so no, she was actually at the table when this was taken. And oh, if, you, okay, if you look, if you look at the bottom of the picture, and if you look at the bottom, like I'm going to send it to you, at the bottom of the <laughs> picture, I noticed there's a, a noticeable gap between the two tables and remember, I said, it looks like you're peeking up from behind a fucking water glass. She snuck this goddamn picture of this actor eating dinner with his wife. And then in a chain email later between us and all the other women that took part in this march, she's like, guys, does anybody recognize this actor? I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I Sneaky know. bitch. I know. Like, total invasion of privacy. First of all. No one gives a shit you ate dinner with this actor. I didn't even know who he was. But someone <laughs> but someone in the chain email was like, oh, yeah, this is so-and-so from this movie. She goes, oh, okay. And then in the picture caption, it made it connected the dots that that was the movie she mentioned. Oh, I told him we loved this movie and blah, blah, blah. So that was the last time. I, I mean, I did not hang out with her after that. That was just super gross. And then, oh my gosh, yeah. And I'm, I'm because they get married when they're forty. Like, how old was this person? Because that she, sounds like some bullshit middle school stuff. Yeah, no, she's got to be like forty two, forty three. Of course she is. Okay. Of course she is. And so I didn't delete her after that. Typically, I'm pretty quick to delete people who just are kind of either shady or gross or just asshole. Like I'm pretty. You know, yeah, that's why we're, we're friends. Yeah, I'll I'll cut it like paper. I don't care. Yeah, we we pretty much just like pass each other's like litmus test. That's the only reason we're still talking. Right Absolutely. Now. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're not a creep, so we're best friends. <laughs> so what made me delete her though was her and her little girl, who's adorable by the way, super precious. They it's Girl Scout cookie season. You remember when I was pregnant Ooh, with my daughter, is. the little Girl Scouts outside the thing just trolling for pregnant bitches, going, Ah, mm-hmm. oh, your baby looks hungry. So they <laughs> they went and bought some Girl Scout cookies, but what made these cookies special oh God. was that they were being sold by Jennifer Garner and her daughter. Horse face? Okay, whatever. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh girl, you need to calm down. So Jennifer Garner's out there with her daughter. First of all, even if you don't like her as an actress, I appreciate a woman who gets out there with her kid to participate. Like, especially in Southern California, they just kind of let these kids go and leave them to their own devices. And then if they do something good, it's like, it's because I'm a great parent. No, I think you lucked into that. I think that was just kind of a roll of the dice. And then you're like, me. So- yeah. I mean, she, she won a few points with me just because of all the bullshit with, like, Ben. But for the what most part... Boy. For the most part, um, I don't, I do not care to quote my favorite movie, Remember the Titans. I, I <laughs> do not care. <laughs> I don't care. Like, celebrities can lick my left nut. I really do not give two shits what they're doing. And so, uh, I digress. They bought mm-hmm. some, they bought some Girl Scout cookies and later when they got delivered, she made on her Instagram stories this whole big deal 
about, oh my God, look what got delivered. It's from Jennifer Garner. They get, and tagged her oh in every God, single the name dropping. That's it's the so it's so sickening. It makes me fucking dry uh. heave. It's the worst. And so there was maybe six Instagram stories set up around these fucking Girl Scout cookies. And the last one, which really just drove that last coffin nail in, was her with a box of the Girl Scout cookies kissing the box of Girl Scout cookies with that filter that has, I don't know, it's like the arrows, and when they hit your face, it turns into hearts. Thanks, Jennifer Garner, for the cookies. I'm like, get the fuck. So that was, yeah, I deleted her after that because it just. Yeah, at that point, because like none of us, None of us refer to our friends with their first and last name. So disingenuine, <laughs> like crazy bitch, you can, again, sit down. There are adults talking right now. Like, well, and don't. I don't know what she's expecting. Do you think Jennifer Garner is going to tag you back on? Oh, my God, you yeah, got Yeah, first it. of all, it's, it's not 2004. At least it's not on anymore. <laughs> 13 going on 30 was 10 years ago. No one gives a shit unless they, like, just saw a Capital One commercial, who the fuck Jennifer Garner is. But second of all, like... I mean, bitch, like, what are we supposed to say to that? Like, congratulations? Or, like, like, what reaction are you are you expecting from that? It's not like Nicole Kidman delivered your Girl Scout cookies. And even then, it's not 2005. But it's, it, that's, just, that's just such a strange, such a strange mentality for me to hear. Again, granted, I live in Texas. And so social climbing, it, it's definitely similar here, but in a different kind of way. Well, you don't we have, have a ton real, of celebrities. I we mean, don't, you but, some... but, but we have a Real Housewife show now, so yeah, oh my watch God. out. <laughs> watch. Well, I feel watch like with the, upper, with the upper echelon in Texas, I feel, and I'm from Texas, so I feel like with the upper echelon, if you have a celebrity, they don't live in Dallas. They live in Austin, where the action is. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so it's just, it's just bizarre. So yeah, that's my, that's my complaint. I'm gonna file my first. Oh, that compl- is so gross. But isn't it though? Oh my god, it really you, is. You as, are as the same age woman? as her. Yeah, as an adult woman, it's just great. And what do you think, Jennifer? Jennifer Garner for sure is looking at that, going. Ooh, fuck. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Do you ever to look at that shit? Absolutely not. No, she has kids. She has kids and Ben Affleck no. is baggage. She is not, that is not on her radar. Absolutely not. She's not like, she's not texting her like, oh my God, thank you for tagging me in your Instagram. Bitch, no one cares about your fucking Instagram. No one cares about her Instagram. <laughs> so she's sure she's not going to like hit up some random like Southern California mom <laughs> who's just trying to like make a name for herself in what, like the C-list like celebrity market. Again, sit down. Adults are talking. That's like, of, of, all, of all people to hit your wagon to, <laughs> that's a very <laughs> strange person. <laughs> again, no, like, again, love Jennifer Garner. I love 13 Going on 30. 30 Flirty and Thriving is going to be in my banner when I turn 30 this year. Oh, no. But, this is no tea against ooh. Jennifer Garner. She's living no, her life no. selling Girl Scout cookies. This no, is this full, is purely this a is... desperate bitch who's trying to get famous <laughs> off of her. Like, Jesus, you, you're better off having, like, a sex date or something. Like, just work on that. Work on that, and then we'll talk. Do something weird with your fingers on a sex tape, and then maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. But yes. anyway. Preferably, preferably biracial and with a female. Then, yeah. Cool. We'll get there. But. We'll get there. It's 2018. Anything could happen. But right now, no. No one gives a shit about P.S. I love you. No. Oh, my God. A different person is it. That's oh. not P.S. I love you. That's Hillary Schwank. I get the two horse faces mixed up. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. Oh, my God. All right. Well, then that's a perfect segue. What is the next complaint you would like to file, Countess Blackula? 
Scroll, 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 scroll. Um, Jesus, scroll. <laughs> what is, what is, I'm trying to think of what a natural segue is. Um, the next thing on my list, honestly, is depression and anxiety. And again, just hold the phone. Like my, the, the, <laughs> the, the part that I want to complain about with depression and anxiety, having, having said that, I have, you know, seen doctors for many, many years now. I've seen counselors. I'm not embarrassed by this. I am not right. in, in, in any way ashamed by it. Um, it's something that I felt like I needed to do. Mm-hmm. But um, my complaint with, with depression and anxiety is that it's just so fucking persistent. And it's persistent in that, I mean, you might have even just seen it because I'm very quick to read people and mm-hmm. be super negative and just be that, that sarcastic bitch at all times. But like, damn, if you were like to corner me and be like, say something nice about Jennifer Garner, I'd be like, oh, I liked their going on 30 when I was 15. Like, that, that's the nicest thing I could say about she her. She has hair. I don't she know. She has hair. Her voice is nice. She has really broad shoulders, though. I'm not sure how that's going to work for her. But that, <laughs> I'm like, that, like, that, like that, that's where I stand. And it's, and it's funny because, like, and, and people with, you know, you know, diagnosed depression and anxiety can probably, may, I don't know, maybe, maybe not identify with this. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of people, I think um, just comedy and being funny and sarcasm blah blah blah. these are all defense mechanisms this this is all things that we that we use to you know add levity situation make ourselves feel happy all that all that good things Mm -hmm. but um my main complaint with like depression and anxiety is that like i said it's so persistent and it's funny because like if you if you put something in front of me like jennifer garner or whoever this desperate bitch that you're talking about is like my first (laughs) My first instinct is to be, you know, snarky and mean yeah. and to just like jab, jab, jab. And it's, <clears throat> and it's funny because like, I, I want to be that person who's like, you know what? Like maybe she really likes Jennifer Garner. Maybe mm-hmm. this is her way of making friends, blah, blah, blah. Maybe she's being genuine. I want, I want to be that person, but I'm not Right. like, I, I can't be that person because I have trained myself and you know in in the 29 years i've been alive like some something in me has been like just pre-wired to (laughs) look at the negative and things yeah and it's so annoying it's super annoying you know it i could definitely relate i think you and i are cut from the same cloth and i think that's why you and i are best friends is because we kind of operate mentally on the same level but for me you know when i'm and I suffer from anxiety and depression as well. And I don't say that. I feel like people overuse the terms anxiety and depression, which mm-hmm. really does a disservice to people with actual anxiety and depression. Like, you look at the Kardashians, for example. Like, oh, my God, this shit gives me... Whatever they're talking about gives yeah. me anxiety. I feel like by broadening the term, it really it really kind of shits on people who actually have anxiety and depression. And, you know, I suffer from it and it's extra difficult for me. Not, not that I'm saying I go through more, but it's for me personally, it's extra difficult because I have a little kid. It's just like added mental pressure to not be anxious or depressed or whatever. And I tried to, you really have to retrain your brain. And that's what kind of got me out of my last bout over almost two years ago. So you have to really kind of retrain your brain. And I, for a little while, tried the whole, let's just be positive. Let's just be nice and blah, blah, blah. But what I found, and again, this is just me personally, what I found was by pushing my brain in a direction that even if I wasn't depressed, my brain wouldn't naturally go there. My natural inclination, whether I'm happy or sad, is to just be sarcastic and kind of dark uh-huh. and kind of a wicked sense of humor. That's 
And so I let myself joke. Like, for example, and we're just going to get real, real, because I'm two vodkas in, and it's just, it is what it is. Ooh, real, real. Okay. Yeah, real, real. So in my darkest depression, I was contemplating suicide. And in coming out of that, I was trying to think positive and blah, blah, blah. But my my real saving grace was being able to joke about it. And I know a lot of people won't understand. And a lot of people are going to go, you shouldn't joke about it. But that's my experience. And this is what worked for me. What got me out of the hole and active with my kid again and my husband and my family and whatever, my friends, was to just joke about it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And mm-hmm. it, it was a learning curve for my husband because he's sitting there going, All right, should we be joking about this? Mm-hmm. Like, but is the, this cool? Like, are, are, should I laugh? <laughs> yeah, and that's, I feel like people have forgotten to laugh nowadays. And it, mm-hmm. it could be about anything. By not laughing and by not joking, I feel like you're actually making it worse. Well, and, and I think it's something, and something that I read a while ago that honestly has taken me probably two or three years to really like, you know, internalize and learn is that even if it's if it's joking if it's journaling if it's you know artistic creation whatever you need to do to like have that outlet um it's it's really at the heart of it just acknowledging acknowledging the fear acknowledging the the sadness the anger like whatever it is it's really just acknowledging what you and acknowledging whatever it is you're feeling and trying to find a way to to live with it it's when you fear that Feeling the ang- it's when you fear the anxiousness or fear whatever whatever it is whatever it is that's plaguing you. It's when you fear it that it just makes it worse. It it feeds it, and yeah. I mean like if if we're all gonna be frank right here, like the I think the the biggest or maybe the most the most recent thing that's kind of spiked me was my relationship, which now led into a marriage, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But I mean when I first started dating my now fiance, I had a really really hard time. I had yeah. you know gone through a breakup a few months earlier in the year. And it was my, you know, my first probably big breakup. No, definitely. Like my, my first big breakup, at least in a relationship that I could kind of see going somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it really threw me for a loop. Like besides the, the normal breakup kind of behaviors, you know, the you're not really eating, blah, blah, blah. blah. Um, yeah. I, I definitely found myself in a, in a drinking pattern. I found myself in a, a workout pattern. I was, mm-hmm. I was drinking more than I should have been drinking. I was working out a lot more than I should have been working out given my calorie yeah. intake. Especially because my calorie intake was like, only vodka, so I probably, shouldn't, I probably shouldn't have been running that much on, you know, some unsvedka. But like, I mean, just, just to be perfectly honest, like it was, it was really rough for me, and it was, I think, it was maybe a month before I met my now fiance that I really started seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and started kind of finding myself and all that good stuff. But you know, it was, it was interesting. Like once I met him, and you know, once the the, the glow of the new relationship started to kind of wear off, and we were kind of settling into a pattern, mm-hmm. I really found myself in this really weird anxiety loop. Yeah. Something that I, I hadn't experienced in years, and it was to a point where like I, I had trouble functioning at work. Like I, I would be at work, and I just was just constantly in my head thinking about, oh my gosh, what if this ends up like the last one? What if I end up losing him? I really care about him. Mm-hmm. Can I can I go through something like this again? And and all that just started rushing through my head and it was just it was a very bizarre a very bizarre like just mixture of emotions where it was like, you know, just being excited about a new relationship but also being, you know, scared at the same time that you might lose it and then what that means and then, you know, overanalyzing and all this stuff. And maybe it for someone who was less sensitive than me it would have been just normal you know early relationship anxiety but yeah. at the time for me it was debilitating it was truly debilitating and it was 
it was very hard for me to, you know, just do my day-to-day functions. But um, luckily, I found myself, you know, with a really good group of friends who it took me a minute to open up to them, obviously, because I'm soulless and it's hard for me to do that kind of thing. But <laughs> I, had, I had a really good group of friends. Um, I found, you know, a, a healthy workout regimen that was, you know, fueled by healthy eating and not alcohol. Um, and I found the courage, you know, go to counseling to yeah. actually like say my problems out loud and not, you know, will them away. And I think mm-hmm. so many people are so ashamed of that. So ashamed of one admitting to themselves there that they need help. Cause that's, I mean, the, the first step to, to fixing any problem is admitting that you have a problem. And right. that's a really, really big step. Like it's, it's just words, but it's a really, really big step. If it's something that you're working through. So admitting that I had an issue and, you know, seeking help through counseling, through honestly, like I, I found a blog that really, really, really helped me. Um, and those blog? two things together, I mean, it's it's funny to me now, you know, coming out of it, like coming on out on the other side, seeing it, you know, two plus years later, mm-hmm. um, kind of the things that would have triggered me two years ago that I'm okay with now. Like yeah. I I found you know healthy ways to work through it, but it still it it still doesn't change the fact that like you know it, it used to be so hard, and I, and I know you identify with this. Like yeah. certain things used to just be so hard to work through, and when you're in the and when you're in the thick of it. You, you can't see past it. It's just, it's the biggest thing in the world. It's the biggest wall in the world. Yeah. You can't climb over it. You can't get under it. Like, it's just there. And all you can do is be like, I wish this would go away. And it doesn't. And that's what no, makes it so it, bad. Well, it, absolutely, it absolutely doesn't. And, you know, my biggest yeah. thing, and I don't want to get, like, too preachy, because people are going to, you do what works best for you. First of Indeed. all, yeah, first of all, don't be ashamed. You don't know anybody an explanation or a rhyme or reason as to why you're going you don't even have to tell people you're going to counseling you do this for you like getting Mm -hmm. back to the engagement whatever works best for you you do that you know and for me you know and well and like as your best friend I can always tell like if I send you a picture of my daughter and I don't get a response for five days <laughs> I know something's <laughs> up and I'm it, sad Countess Blackula is sad I mean and it was so difficult too because uh, you know after a certain point especially because I go through this too I know I can't do anything for you it's got to come from you for mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. you know and yeah. if, for me I tried the counseling, but what really kind of got me out of it was to tell myself, and this is going to sound soy harsh, but it's what worked for me, is to kind of look at myself from the fishbowl and go, girl, no one cares. You got to stop caring. Yeah. You know, it's, no- interesting, it's interesting you say that because that's one of those things, like when the, when the thoughts and everything, like the, just the revolving thoughts come back, it's kind of like, I don't have time for this. Yeah, I just don't. You know, like, and I have I'm, shit to do. Well, and I'm not going to sit here and post on social media about it because I'm not. I'm just, you know me. I'm not an attention getter that way. I feel like uh-huh, people who uh-huh. blast their shit on Facebook are kind of just kind of asking for it. So uh-huh. I had to look at myself, girl. No one cares, and so I had to stop caring. And so now, and again, like you said, it's relentless. It doesn't go away. But now, when it comes up, when I start to feel anxious, or I have to stop myself, girl, stop caring. No one cares. No one cares. Mm-hmm. And it snaps me out of it. And that's what's been working for me for for two years now. Yeah. And 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 that, that's really what it's all about. It's about what works for you as a person. Yeah. Like, for for you, it's it's really like giving yourself that reality check and that gut check. Like, you you might be blowing out of abortion. Like, as, as strong as it feels right now. Yeah. It's probably not that big of a deal. For me, it really was just like, 
owning up to it and really like unpacking and digging deep. Like I, cause it was, I mean, at, at, at its worst, it was the smallest things. Like, yeah, I, I hate to, I hate to admit this, this level of basicness to myself, but it was the smallest things. Like I would send a text and then like, maybe he wouldn't send it back within five minutes. I would go into a spiral at that. And it's like, and you know me, I'm not that person. I'm not boy crazy. I'm not attention crazy like you. Like, I, we, we're, we're the same in that respect. Like, we're very self-sufficient. We're very self-aware. Like, we don't, those things don't trigger us. But that was really triggering me. Yeah. And I had to, and I had to get to that point myself, too. Like, okay, it's triggering you because X, Y, and Z has happened in your past. You're telling yourself this story is going to happen. It literally has been three minutes. It does not mean that he is going to break up with you. Right. And I had to, and I had to literally, I had to walk myself through that conversation for months. Yeah. It was exhausting. I, I, I remember sitting in a, in a session with my counselor and being like, it's exhausting. It really is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's mentally exhausting having to talk yourself out of it. But which is, which is my main complaint. It's more that it's just like, oh, my God, like this again. Like, seriously, this these insecurities are happening now and this is happening now. And now you're thinking this. And oh, my God, like, I don't have time for this bullshit. Yeah. Like, the, the, but I mean, that, that's the reality about it. And people make fun of it and people, you know, minimize and they and they diminish the, the situation and make it seem like you're just being dramatic. But for people who, who truly live with this live with the anxiety, live with the depression, live with the with the recurring thoughts and the insecurities and all that stuff. Like it's trust me, we feel the exact same way. We also feel like it's bullshit. Yeah. 